Good morning. Welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light. My name is Felicia Williams Cozy, and I am a licensed practitioner at Heart and Soul, and I'm honored to be facilitating our meditation experience this morning. This morning, we are taking the opportunity to immerse ourselves in stillness so that we may connect with the knower within in order that it be our guide during this time of change. Wherever you are, I invite you to make yourself comfortable so that you may be open to divine guidance. Know that right where you are, God is, and therefore it is a safe and sacred space. So if you are willing, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to close and take this opportunity to relax and let go of all that has transpired up until this moment. Join me in taking a deep conscious breath. Breathe in and release with a sigh. Now give thanks for your breath as you gently allow it to return to its natural rhythm. Take a moment now to notice the path your breath takes through your body. While the path our breath takes like each of us is unique, every breath is a part of the one breath which is breathing us all. Let your breath be an ever-present reminder of your oneness with spirit and its ever availability as a guide and source of inner peace, love, and clarity, regardless of outer circumstances. As we enter the stillness, remember to focus on your breath, and I offer this affirmation as our guide. I have been that I have been. I am that I am, and I will be what I will be simultaneously. Thank you.
I have been that I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be simultaneously. I now invite you to return your awareness to the space that you are in. To do this, you might focus on your feet and notice and feel the support of the floor underneath. You might gently rub your palms together and begin to expand your awareness and feel the space around you. And when you are ready, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to open. This completes our meditation experience this morning. And so it is. Thank you for creating this safe and sacred container of love for our service. We have a wonderful opportunity during these times to spend more time being still and renewing our connection with the one. And I invite you to do so whenever and wherever possible. It has been a pleasure and an honor to facilitate this morning's meditation. Thank you. Good morning, all. Habari Ghani and happy Kwanzaa. Welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light Sunday Kwanzaa celebration. My name is Ron Marshall, and I'm a licensed practitioner and member of Heart and Soul, and I'm delighted to be available to share with you opportunities for engagement at Heart and Soul. Uh, Reverend Argiette has asked that uh, if you are joining us from outside of our local Bay Area, that you please let us know where you are by sharing that in the chat. And our annual theme for uh, 2020 is Adventures in Faith, Expect a Miracle. And as our guide, our companion uh, this year for our daily read has been A Year of Miracles by Marianne Williamson. And today is day 362, I surrender to God my work in the world. Uh, we invite you to stay connected with us through the social media channel of your choice. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on pod podcast and Instagram as well. And we continue to lift up our community affirmation. Thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever, and so it is. Please join our practitioners for our final Year of Miracles review session for 2020. Uh, it will be tomorrow evening, uh, the 28th of December, uh, from 6.30 p.m. to 7.15 p.m. 
and we will be continuing this community practice in 2021. So please look forward uh, for to, uh, to details on that. Uh, there'll be no imagining justice this Wednesday, December 30th. IJ will reconvene on Wednesday, January the 6th. And thank you once again, heart and soul, for your support uh, in buying out the Boss Toy Drive this year. Uh, there are still opportunities to give. Uh, there's a, 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 excuse me, a list of items that are still uh, in need. You can uh, buy those and mail them to the address on the slide, or you can uh, purchase them uh, via the, the, at the address on the bottom of the slide as well. This slide is also in our recap, so the information will be there as well. And today we're inviting you to RSVP for our New Year's Eve celebration, Release 2020 and Welcome 2021. Today is the last day uh, for RSVP, so we encourage you to do so um, now during service or after service. Uh, our sister Tammy Hall continues to entertain us on Thursday evenings uh, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific on Facebook Live. Our sisters, sharing of her talent has been a blessing during these times. So we ask that we that you express your gratitude by tipping our sister generously. We also invite you to check out uh, the series final, series final, excuse me, the pop series finale. Uh, what is my intention for 2021? Uh, you can uh, do so on our website uh, and via Facebook and uh, YouTube as well. And for those of you who know we recently moved and uh, for gift ideas for our new home, we ask that you visit our Amazon wish list uh, and select an item uh, that uh, calls to you there. And also gift cards are most definitely welcome as well. So just join me in taking a breath. Visioning is a core practice of Centers for Spiritual, Spiritual Living and Heart and Soul uh, is evidence of the power of visioning. And our vision statement is our intention for who we are and how we operate in the world. And so this is our opportunity as a community to state our intention together. So together, we are a loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Through a consciousness of universal God presence, we release all resistance, separation, and fear. We claim our personal liberation and accept the eternal availability of joy, love, and abundance. Through our intention to be love and spread joy, we engender reflections of the same and more in others. Our ministry is a gift to the world, which expands through our practice and dedication. We welcome all people, and together we make a quantifiable, positive difference on the planet. And so it is. So let us take this opportunity to go within to that place where the divine dwells in, any, in each and every one of us, to that place where we know and realize that there truly is but one life and that life is god that life is 
whole, perfect, complete in every possible way. It is the life that I am living and the life that is living me, the life that is living each and every one within the sound of my voice and beyond. In this moment, I know that God is love, peace, joy, harmony, compassion, grace, abundance, all manner of good. And as God is, we are as points of light on the vast continuum that is spirit. All that the Father hath is ours by right of consciousness. And so I'm claiming this for each and every one of us this day that right where we are, the bounty and grace and goodness of God is pouring into each and every one of us a blessing. A blessing of healing, a blessing of love, a blessing of prosperity, a blessing of creative creativity, a blessing of peace, and most of all, love. Love is what God is. Love is what and who we are. And so I, I give thanks for the love that is God showing up as each and every one of us. I give thanks knowing that this celebration is already complete in the mind of God. I give thanks for all who laid a hand and heart for the perfect unfoldment of today's celebration. I'm giving thanks for our practitioners who pray without ceasing. I, and blessing and giving thanks for our board of trustees, our, our music ministry, all in all of the myriad ways in which heart and soul shows up in the world. I'm giving thanks for our beloved senior and founding minister, Reverend Andrietero, grateful for her sacred yes and for her willingness to be that space through which spirit speaks. I'm grateful for all that there is in life to be grateful for. And there is truly, truly unlimited opportunities to be grateful. And so it is with a heart filled with gratitude that I release this word into the perfect activity of love and law. I know that it is done and done well because it is done in, through, and as God. And for this and the more, I give thanks. I step aside in consciousness. I allow it to be. And so it is. Amen.
So Habaragani, Kujichagalia. So welcome. Now before we get started, because this is a gathering that's about us, that's about our community, the very first thing that we do is we ask our elders for permission. So we'll just take a minute, drop in the chat, dear elders, our esteemed folk, to let us know that we are going with your permission and your blessing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then the other thing that we do is we always remember to recall and call in our ancestors, that ancestral energy that holds us. So who are the folks that you'd like to bring into this space who inspire you? They don't have to be famous or they can be famous. Drop them in the chat and, and call their names to yourself. I'm calling my grandmother, Carmen Rodriguez, and my paternal grandmother, Aileen Kelly, and my father, Donald Sherlton Kelly, Damu Smith, and many of the folks that I'm holding, Alandria Williams, um, Cecil Corbin Mark, folks that are ancestors now who are my comrades, and I'm sure you have them, so I'll give you a minute to drop them in the chat. Thank you. And as we get started, we're going to hear from some other members of our beloved heart and soul community to share what Kwanzaa and the Nguza Saba or seven principles of Kwanzaa means to them. Let's listen. Hello, family. My name is Amelia Blake. I'm discussing the first principle of Kwanzaa, Umoja. Umoja means unity or oneness. The way that I activate this principle in my life is through the practice of meditation. Through meditation, it's a reminder of our connection with the one, with the divine source that exists within each and every one of us. Through that practice, through that art of stillness and reminder, I often find that it's easier to then create unity within the family within our community and within the greater world. My wish for everyone would be to know this divine unity of the trueness of their connection to source, the one that unifies us all. Happy Kwanzaa. My name is Felicia Williams Cozy. Habarigani, Kujichagulia, means self-determination. To name ourselves, define ourselves, 
create for ourselves and speak for ourselves. When I first learned of this principle of Kwanzaa, I was actually quite astonished at the thought that I could be the one to define and determine who I am in the world. After so many years of being told by others who I could be, who I should be, what my limitations were, to have a thought that I could be the one to not only speak up for myself, but to really decide who I am here to be and how I want to express myself in the world. This principle, along with my engagement of spirit, has led me to look inward for the answers that I used to look out into the world for and to stand for myself as myself in a way that I never had before. It's a lifelong journey, not a single destination, but this principle of self-determination engages me in a way that allows for greater creativity, greater expansion in spirit, and greater living into my unique purpose. Kujichagulia, self-determination. Ujima, the third principle of Kwanzaa. On the third day, you light the green candle. Ujima means collective work and responsibility. My name is Kiki, and I embody this principle year-round because I work collectively in my community, which includes heart and soul, and my family, collective work and responsibility. Ujima, Harambe, Harambe, Harambe. Hi, I'm Angela Fisher, and my Kwanzaa principle is Ujima, Cooperative Economics. I live this principle by making it a point to support local businesses, and I'm part of a collective group of people that makes it also a point to support Black-owned businesses in our community. Thank you. Greetings, family. My name is Valerie Joy Fidmont, and the Kwanzaa principle that I have the honor of sharing today is Nia, purpose, to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to our traditional greatness. 
I do my best to practice this principle in my daily living because I believe that it is imperative for our evolution as a people and for our planet. The building and developing of our community can't happen unless we work together and I will endeavor to do my part for the rest of my life. Abaragani, my name is Sheila Smith and I am the co-lead of the Prayer and Care Village here at Heart and Soul Center of Light. The sixth principle of Kwanzaa is Kuumba, creativity, to do as much as we can in any way that we can to leave our community more beautiful and more beneficial than we have inherited it. The way in which this principle lives within me is through my unwavering commitment to use my talent and to use my voice to educate, enlighten, empower, and transform my community. Thank you so much. Peace and blessings, heart and soul family. This is Mbessa, and I am the co-lead for the Paul's Teen Ministry here at Heart and Soul. The Kwanzaa principle I'm speaking upon is the final one, Imani, which means faith. If you can believe it, you will achieve it. Faith is not the only, only the evidence of things unseen, but faith is the engine to help us power through everything that gets in our way or that's part of us achieving our goals. If you can faith it, you can make it. As such, faith is present in my life every day in that still small voice that I constantly hear that tells me, go left, speak to that person, you know, go take a drive. And my relationship with my faith has only helped me rise higher and higher and higher. Faith is what you make it. So let's make the faith real, y'all, because the outcome will be real. Love y'all. Peace. We light the candle starting with Umoja, unity, the black candle that symbolizes us, the people. And we go from red to green, Kujichagalia, Kujima, Kujama, Nina. Kumba, Imani, wasn't that beautiful? I feel so inspired. I'm always inspired when I get to hear from my heart and soul community, Ashe. And thank you, thank you everyone. So here we are, we have our candles lit. We're here all together because we are celebrating the entire Kwanzaa this Sunday um, as we come together because it will be done when, by the time we come together next Sunday. So there's a few things, I know there's a lot of experts out here in our community who know all about Kwanzaa. But for some of you who may be a little bit new, just very quickly, um, Kwanzaa is a holiday that was designed and created by Dr. Maulana Karenga, and it was based on um, harvest festivals and harvest commemorations from the continent. 
But the harvest is us. What we're reaping is our liberation and our stronger discipline and our focus. So a lot of the symbols are focused on that. So we have Mazal, these words are Swahili words because that's a language that many Africans speak in addition to their land-based languages. So we have Mazal, which is the harvest the, representing the crops. So we have you know fruit and vegetables and beans, we also have flowers. You have the Kanara, which holds the candles, which is the Mushuma Saba or seven candles that represent each of the principles and always black at the center because this really is about celebrating and, and focusing on building um, black liberation. And, that, and we're hoping everybody can support that because, you know, it takes all of us to be free. So this is really about um, a focus, but also about our shared humanity. The red candles represent struggle and history. The green candles represent future and dreaming. And so the principles are organized in that way. And we go from black to red to green to red to green to red to green to red. And you've heard the principles. The basis of everything that everything sets on is the Enkeko, our mat. And it's important because it's woven together. So we weave the, the, our energies, we're connected. It represents that interconnection. And these dried corn ears, Muhimbi, represent our children, our future. And um, every Kwanzaa altar, whether you have children in the household or not, has that. And then we have our unity cup, Kikombe, Cha Moja, and then what many folks have on their altar, and I'm one of those people, we have books that represent the, the important genius and thinking that our people have generated that inspire us. So that is right there. And then we also have the bandera or flag. And the flag, like the candles, represent the people, the struggle, or our past, our history, and what we can learn from it, and our future. And I know part of us and how we hold Kwanzaa as our community in heart and soul is we're holding that mental equivalent of the highest good of human liberation. And that we step into Kwanzaa holding these principles as the mental equivalent of our own excellence. So here we are, everything's lit, we're ready. We've talked about the principles and what they mean to us. And now we're ready to think about the toast. And I know that um, many of you may have some water or something we can't, especially with COVID, pass it around. We're not passing around the cup as we might do in other Kwanzaas. But this is an opportunity for us to, to share and to be together and to hold these principles in our heart and to seal it with what's called the libation statement. And so I'm gonna share one. And, um, and if you have any water or anything handy to share, we'll do this together. And then we do what used to be my children's favorite part, and that's the Harambe's. So here's the statement. Strive for discipline, dedication, and achievement in all you do. Dare to struggle and sacrifice and gain the strength that comes from this. And I know for us, we would think of this as daring to imagine beyond struggle and seeing the mental equivalent of our liberation so that we can achieve it. Build where you are, 
Dare to leave a legacy that will last as long as the sun shines and the water flows. We'll hold the principles in our hearts. And may the wisdom of the ancestors always walk with us. May the years end meet us laughing and stronger. May our children honor us by following our example in love and movement. And at the end of next year, may we sit again together in larger numbers with greater achievement and closer to liberation. And, and we say in liberation because we think big at heart and soul in a higher level of human life. Ashe. And then we do our harambe. So y'all know how we do it. We put our hands up in the air. We pull down the sky right close to us because we are stars. And we do that seven times and we're gonna say harambe seven times. You ready? So you got your hands up. You ready? I know you're ready, heart and soul. Let's go. Harambe. 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 Thank you, heart and soul. Happy Kwanzaa. Blessings to each and every one of you. Yeah.
Just huge thanks for Makani Timba in Jackson, Mississippi, for guiding, for facilitating, for guiding our Kwanzaa celebration and ritual, and certainly to all of our speakers, part of our leadership circle at Heart and Soul Center of Light. Amelia and Felicia and Kiki and Sheila and Angela, Valerie Joy and Bessa, and then just huge thanks to Reverend Angelo Allen that uh, who put the video together and all that it, I can't even name nor number all that is required to get it on your screen. And so just giving thanks on my behalf and your behalf to Reverend Angelo Allen for his amazing creativity and skill, just giving thanks, absolutely. So this is our welcome to our heart and soul Kwanzaa 2020. I just want to say that this idea of celebrating Kwanzaa for the last seven days or the last six days and the first day of uh, the next year, I'm just going to suggest that we keep it running because <laughs> one, we already know we're on an adventure in faith. And so when you're on an adventure in faith, consciously aware and intentionally on an adventure in faith, you need to be packing something that works. So I'm going to suggest that we pack our Nguzo Samba into 2021, that we just use these days to practice and get it set up, and then we move throughout 2021 with using all of the principles so that we are, as I said, consciously and intentionally approaching our adventure in faith. I am suspecting, I'm not absolutely sure, but there's something in my spirit right now that I am discerning that we may as well just say adventure in faith 2021, because we know and we are already practiced and, and ready. So we're, you know, we got our drag ready. We got our attitude ready. We know we can rock an adventure in faith. And the Nguzo Samba gives us what we need in order to really negotiate it with, an, with a highly intentional um, design for transforming our living. Here's the thing that that I'm offering about Kujichakalia for today, this notion of, of or this principle of self-determination. I'm offering that it's an inside job. It's, it's living from within rather than without. Hear me now, because the world is going to invite you to live it from without. That is to say, it's going to offer you some punditry and say, live from this awareness. It's gonna offer you some worst case scenarios and encourage you to live from that awareness. But Kujichagalia invites you to be self-determining. And I'm going to say that it's a double self. It's a capital S self, which means the divine. It is the, the, the truth of our very nature from before we came into this form and long after we leave this form, it is the whole truth. And then there's the individualized manifestation that we call you by your name. Even if you've changed your name and continue to change it, it's that personality 
And so my sense is that if we look at this idea, this principle, explore this, this principle of self-determination from a sense of, so how does it look if I live like that? Well, I'm glad you asked because I got some ideas for you. Look, I'm going to start with Romans 12. Romans 12 and 2, and I'm going to offer you the Aramaic in plain English because, well, I'm j just trust me with this. I'm offering to, to you in this way. It says, do not imitate this world, but be transformed by the renovation of your minds. And you shall distinguish what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So look at the order of this. The first thing is, do not imitate the world. Don't come in here. Now, your mama tried to tell you that. Long time, at least mine did, that I was often in there quoting different children who had given me advice, or sometimes even adults, and she'd be like, what does that have to do with you? Is that what you were taught? Is that what you know? You'd be, but so-and-so said, and she'd be like, what does that have to do with what I'm telling you? And so it's this idea of not imitating the world, not getting your direction from what's not working already. Then it says, be instead transformed by the renovation of your own mind. So do that work. If you've ever had a renovation project, like in your home, where whether it was construction or just you renovating in a decorating sense, you know that it's about change. It's going to look different when you finish that. And your mind will be different once you undergo this process of renovation, this process of choosing to change the way it's been. You know that this is just, mm, thank you. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I'm just trying to resist saying some of y'all still spaking. As you spank, as you spake as a youngster, you're still believing some foolishness. You have evidence to the contrary, but you're still trapped in old thinking. This is an invitation for the renovation of your mind. Why? Because once you do that, you will be able to distinguish what is good, acceptable, and perfect. What is the divine will for your life, for your living? I heard Ambessa, as he was talking about faith, as he was talking about Imani, this idea to, to live from faith. I heard him say, you know, living from faith and hearing the directive to go left. Oh, he's speaking right into what I've come today to talk about. Look, so the scripture, Romans 12 and 2, gives us some very specific guidance about how to do this. Ernest Holmes says it this way. He says, the aim of evolution, which is the change, the consistent change of humanity, of all life, not just humanity, but all life over time. It's the renovation of life. Does that make sense if I say it that way? He says that the purpose is to produce a human who, at the objective point of that person's own self-determination, 
may completely manifest the inner life of spirit. We're on the same page about this, yes? It says, Give, even the spirit does not seek to control us. It lets us alone to discover ourselves. So this is that renovation of the mind that reveals to us, what do we have here? I don't know about y'all, but I am just, I love a little HGTV from time to time. Just, it's, it's not going to be a car chase. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to get stabbed. Nobody's going to get cussed out. So it's really easy viewing for me. And so I'm drawn to that. But here's, here's the thing in that, is that invariably they discover something that they didn't know. They start out doing a thing, and then they open it up, and they're like, oh, my God, look there. There's the original whatever. We got to keep that. Or look there. There's damage. Or look there. We got to do this, that, or the other thing. But there's always something more revealed. I'm talking to you about the something more revealed. You need to know who you are. What else is in there? What else is going on? Because the most precious thing a human possesses is their own individuality. And thus, it's what you really are. Ernest Holmes says, to allow for even one instant any outside influence to enter or control our individuality is a crime against our real self, the truth of our being. So the goal in all of this is for us to get grounded to get balanced, to get set in the truth of our being, to know who you are so that you're not at the effect of the other folks, the punditry, other folks' ideas. It's not that you aren't open. I'm not saying close off your mind. It's just that all everything you hear externally, everything that's coming to you, you are putting it through your filter of your real self of your connection with the divine, your awareness of truth, your awareness of love, God is love. You are putting everything through the filter of truth. I hope this is making sense. I really do, because I, I, I need to, to move to the next thing, because here's my sense. I believe our Mother Harriet, and this photo, thank you, Revelo, for even taking this photo. The photo that you're looking at of Mother Harriet is the, the way that the, the, um, the painting that we have of Mother Harriet that has always been prominently displayed, this is the way that it's displayed in our new space. I have it here before you now because I believe that it on the left is the Adinkra symbol that is being used to represent Kujichagalia self-determination. And I believe Mother Harriet is the perfect exemplar of self-determination. Now, you may not know her like I know her. And so you may not, but I'm going to talk about how that is, but I think that whatever you know about her, maybe from just seeing the film, maybe from just having heard a few quotes, just having the cursory sense of who she is and what she's done and, and why there are sculptures and monuments to her and why she's featured in museums and why there was even a film created regardless of the degree of accuracy, why we would even focus, why would we have her featured in our sanctuary? 
because in truth, she is the exemplar. She, I'm inspired. I am forever inspired. So just looking at that, the moment I begin to say anything about Mother Harriet, it calls forth something. It's almost like I'm activating an aspect of my own being from the inside out to know that more is possible. If not expected, in fact. Because if more is possible, more is expected. Because the, the, your, our contract with life is to be our best. And so if more is possible of you, then we're not getting the whole thing yet. And I think that she represents that. I want to share from Emmett Fox because he offers us something that I, I want to get in here. He says, thought is the real causative force in life. And there is no other. So thought, he's saying, is the causative force, period. There is no other force of more power. He says, you cannot have one kind of mind and another kind of life. Yeah, that. Yeah, I know you, you, want, a, you want a different kind of environment. You want your house to be different, your home, your living, your mate. You want all that different. But I'm just going to hang out right here with what I've been doing. How I've been seeing myself and being how I've set up my life. And some of us get real set in there. I'm not changing. You're not making me change. Well, all right, then that means you're going to pretty much have what you've already had. It may look different because you may move from the Bay Area to God knows how far away. But if you haven't changed nothing but your address, then you are going to recreate. Now, the people are going to have different names. They may even speak a different language. If you go far enough away trying to run from you, they'll be speaking different language. And you will eventually, if you pay in any kind of attention, will notice the similarity between those people that you can barely understand or you've learned the new language. But if that's all you've done is learn a new language and haven't changed nothing else, they are going to be just like those people you ran off from in some way, shape, or form, kind of in the final analysis, you are, you're always going to be with you. He says you cannot change your environment while leaving your mind unchanged. This is the real key to life. Y'all know, seek ye first the kingdom. <laughs> start where the start needs to begin. He says, if you change your mind, your conditions must change too. Your body must change, your activities must change, your home must change, your activities must change, the color, tone of your whole life must change. Everything. Everything's going to change. It all is up for retreat. And rightly, I know that's scary. I know it's scary. It what, it's what keeps most of us from not shifting is because we're thinking about who does that exclude? What does that mean? Will I still be able to work here where I'm making this money? Well, yeah, but you're going to live longer. You're going to have to leave that, but you may extend your life. You may never get to spend that pension that you're working on. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people who have already figured that out. He goes on to say, you must bring yourself to choose. I'm just looking at the word here. 
You must bring yourself to choose the subject of your thinking at any given time. It's up to you. This is not, it's so, you know, we have, many of us, when we grew up, we had like five channels. I'm thinking it might have been five. I'm not going to count, but it might have even been four. And none of them were on past midnight. And so there just was not, the mind, human mind was not bombarded 24-7, 365 with other folks' ideas. Now, the challenge in our, one of the challenges in our living is you can give up your thinking to others around the clock. Our ancestors didn't have that. You have to really work hard to not hear your own thought. Because if you go back, you don't have to go back that far to be, to be before radio even, let alone television. Are you following what I'm saying? So now we must really harness our resources to pull ourselves back in so that we can be about something else. Emmett Fox ends this piece by saying, if you're not determined to start now and carefully select all day the kinds of thoughts that you are going to think, you may as well give up all hope of shaping your life into the kind of life you intend it to be. Because there are those who have a design on your life. There is an advantage to having the masses ignorant. There's an advantage to somebody and so you can be a part of being to the advantage of others, or as Emmett Fox is saying, you can be, live in the advantage to you, the capital S self-determination, as well as self-determination at the individual level. I hope that makes sense. Mother Harriet, though, this is what, this is what I want to make sure I share with you. In the rebiography of Harriet Tubman by Butch Lee, he recounts the life and politics of our beloved Mother Harriet. He says, who waged and eventually led the war against capitalist slaves, against the capitalist slave system. He explains that Harriet Tubman was a radical political figure. You know, sometimes we, we you know, we, we dress our heroes and sheroes up so that we can handle it. But I, I want you to hear this. He says, he sees her as a radical political figure. Someone totally involved as a player in the great political ideas and military storms of her day. He says she was a guerrilla, as in guerrilla warfare. You understand what I'm saying? She was in there playing on the ground troops. That's what that means, okay? Someone who lived and taught others to live by the communal and working class new African culture, new African culture that her people had planted in this difficult ground. And she was a black feminist to the end. I needed you to hear that because no one is described that way who is not self-determining. 
because in her time, the laws and the way the laws were interpreted for folks of, for black folks and for women, because see, you, you, you see, she has those two, I would say for that time, one could say curses. Being of African origin and obviously of African origin and female and obviously female. So both of those would have been enough for her to just say, well, you know, I'm those two. So what can I do? But we've never read or heard anything where that was her response. I want to give you just a, a little something here that I'm going to, to read to you, to just excerpt, because her biographers picked up certain things, some of which you see in various books and films, that, but nothing to me has captured it all. So after rescuing so many others and all of her brothers and sisters that could be reached with their children, she received an intimation. Y'all know what that is? That's an inner idea, an inner guidance. Her intuition spoke to her in some mysterious and supernatural way that the old people were in trouble. This is what came to her. The old people were in trouble and needed her. So she asked spirit, she asked the Lord, where should she go for the money to enable her to go for them? She was in some way, as she supposed, directed to the office of a certain gentleman, a friend of the slaves in New York. So she goes to see the man. <clears throat> and she says, I'm going to Mr. So-and-so's office. And I'm going to be there until I'm not going to eat or drink until I get money enough to go get the old people, her, her parents. So she went to the office and he says, how you doing, Harriet? What you want? She said, I want some money, sir. He says, you do? How much money do you want? And she said, I want $20, sir. $20? Who told you to come here for $20? Because remember, we're talking 1800s. So the, the Lord told me, sir. He did. Well, I guess the Lord is mistaken this time. No, sir. The Lord's never mistaken. And I'm going to just sit right here till I get it, she told him. So she sat down. She went to sleep all morning, all afternoon. She sat there, sometimes sleeping, sometimes rousing up, often finding the office full of gentlemen, sometimes finding herself alone. Many fugitives were passing through New York at the time, and those who came in supposed her to be one of them, tired out and resting. Sometimes she would be roused up with the words, come, Harriet. You had better go. There's no money for you here. She said, no, sir. I'm not going to stir from here until I get my $20. She said she doesn't know what happened, for the deep sleep fell upon her, probably one of the turns of, of her condition as well that she'd been subject to. But without doubt, her story was whispered from one to another. And as her name and exploits were well known, the sympathies of those and the visitors that came in, she said all of the events she became fully, there was a moment at which she became fully conscious to find herself the happy possessor of $60. It was the contribution of the strangers. You could see what would happen. The man started telling people, Harriet's in my office. She's not leaving till I give her the money. She'd been there. How long she been there? Y'all can figure out how that would go. She, really? Well, let me, here's a two. Here's, a, here's a, some change. Here's gold is what, you know, because it was the king's money at the time. So um, 
So here we go. She got the, the contribution from strangers. She went on her way rejoicing to bring her parents from the land of bondage. When she reached their home, she found that her father was to be tried the next Monday for helping because while they were free, her parents were free, but he was allowing his home to be used as a stopover place. Is this making sense? So they had discovered that and he was going to be tried for that violation of the law because now we have the fugitive slave law, right? So when she gets there, she finds that out. And so she said, I just removed my father, I just moved, removed my father's trial to a higher court and took them to Canada. And of her friend, Thomas Garrett, records what happened, his awareness of what happened. He wrote it in a letter and he says, the letter is dated 1868, and he says that he made that this is largely from memory, much, some of it, some of it he had notes about, but he made sure because once they had the Fugitive Slave Act, he couldn't keep notes like he used to. So he destroyed it because otherwise if, and he was known as a Quaker friend. So he would, he destroyed some of the notes that would really give us the kinds of details that we might be looking for, but they were to ensure that they could not be used to prosecute anyone. So he says, and I'm just going to excerpt, he says, in truth, I never met, I never met with any other, any person of any color who had more confidence in the voice of God. This self-determination is what I'm still talking about. As spoken directly to her soul, as Harriet Tubman, she, was, she frequently told me that she talked to God and he talked with her every day of her life. And she has declared to me that she felt no more fear of being arrested by her former master or any other person when in his immediate neighborhood than she did in the state of New York or Canada. She knew she was covered. Self-determination, the capital S self, she was directly guided. You heard Ambessa say, faith will tell you, move this way, move that way. And when we're trusting that consistently, I knew with those first, when I heard about her in elementary school, I knew something more about her. How do you get through there? They looking for you. What came to me is she was dang near invisible, but we're going to get to some stuff here. Um, and she said she ventured only where God sent her and her faith in the supreme power was truly great. He goes on to say she mostly had her regular stopping places on her route, you know, when she was taking, uh, rescue, or removing folks, guiding folks from slavery to freedom, to liberation, if you will. She had a regular stop, but in one instance, she had several stout men with her. And she said that God told her to stop. <laughs> God told her to stop. What do you think she did? She stopped. And then she asked him, well, what am I to do? He told her to leave the road. Turn to the left. She obeyed, and soon she came to a small stream of tide water. There was no boat, no bridge. She again inquired of her guide, her divine guide. What must she do? She was told to go through it. Now, if you saw the film Harriet, you saw a version of this scene in the movie. Okay. She was told to go through. She said it was cold. It was in the month of March. But having confidence in her guide, she went in. 
The water came up to her armpits. The stout men refused to follow until they saw her safe on the opposite shore. And then they followed. When she called on Garrett, he said two days later, she was so hoarse she could hardly speak. She was also suffering with a violent toothache. The strange part of the story we found to be that the masters of those men, the stout men she had with her, that they, had, uh, they, had, they were put up at the railroad station near where she left. There was an advertisement about them and all that offering a large reward for their apprehension. But because she obeyed guidance, she averted that interception that was set there. He says, I had been in the habit of furnishing her and those who accompanied her as she returned from her acts of mercy with new shoes. And on one occasion, when I'd not seen her for three months, she came into my store. I said, Harriet, I'm glad to see thee. I suppose thee wants a pair of new shoes. Her reply was, I want more than that. And in jest, I said, I've always been liberal with thee. And I wish to be, but I'm not rich and I cannot afford to give much. Her reply was, God tells me you have money for me. I asked her if God ever deceived her. She said, no. He said, well, how much does, thou, does thee want? After studying a moment, she said about $23. Then I gave her $24 and some odd cents. It was the net proceeds from five pounds sterling received from someone in Scotland who, you know, as word would get around, and there were always people who were donating. Here's what I want. I, I need you to get this idea of self-determination. She goes in there and he says, how much? And she said, hmm, how much is it? $23. He hands her the $24 that she did, could not have had any conscious awareness of the process. So money had come from Scotland and had been given to a person who gave it to another person who gave it to him because they were looking, how can we get this money to her? And he said that he could be a part of that. <laughs> and she said about 23, and it turned out to be 24 and change. I need you to hear this. He said this, he said, that was the first money ever received by me for her. Any other money he'd given her was his money. And he didn't have, he was trying to tell her, look, I don't, I don't have no money right now, you know? But she's like, oh no, you got $23 for me. Because my guide, divine guidance told me you had money for me. And so she went to get the money. He says, some 12 months after, she called on me again and said that God told her I had some money for her, but not so much as before. He says, I had a few days previous received the net proceeds of one pound 10 shilling from Europe for her. To say the least, there was something remarkable in these facts, whether clairvoyance or the divine impression on her mind from the source of all power, I cannot tell. But certain it was she had a guide within herself other than the written word, for she never had any education. She brought away her aged parents in a singular manner. And he goes on to talk about how that happened. But after the way that he aided in that, he furnished her then with the money to take them to Canada. Afterwards, he sold the horse and sent them the balance of it. 
He says, I believe that Harriet succeeded in freeing all of her relatives, but one sister and that sister's three children. And that's what he wrote as his testimony and confirmation of how it all unfolded. Now, I need to tell you a little bit of, about uh, Thomas Garrett as well, though. Um, he was an abolitionist, obviously, and a leader in the Underground Railroad. Now, in his particular case, his house was known to everybody as a spot that uh, on the Underground Railroad. And so there was um, a slaveholder who accused him and someone else of housing and helping their slaves to get away. So they sued him. And he actually ended up, uh, was found guilty of, you know, because he, yeah, he did it, you know. And so had to pay, I think $45,000 was the, uh, uh, 4,500, my mistake, sorry. 4,500, what would translate it to now. But uh, 4,500 at the time. And then it was um, reduced to 1,500. But that literally wiped him out, you know, at that time. Again, we're talking the mid-1800s. And um, here's what he says in court. Because I, when, when you have self-determination, now, I see that he's a white man, so I understand. That, but that's why I wanted you to hear about Mother Harriet standing as clearly as she stood, as definitively as she stood in self-determination. But in his case, so he's in the court and they're, you know, fining him and saying whatever it is they're saying to him. And he said to the judge, judge, thou have left me not even a dollar, but I wish to say to thee and all that is in the courtroom and anybody who can hear my voice, that if anybody knows a fugitive who needs shelter and a friend, send them to me and I will befriend them. Now, this is what he's saying in the court while they are charging him. And it is said that the number of runaways that he assisted is, he says, 2,700. Others say that the number was higher, but that's him putting in the correction. Um, there's something, you know, so often we are, when we're not in our self-determination, we have a consideration around, but what'll happen to me? And I just want you to know on this day when we are lifting up Kujichagalia, the principal. Well, frankly, we're lifting up all of them. When we talk about Mother Harriet, we're talking about the fool in Guzu Saba. We're talking about all the principals. Try to find one where you, that you don't hear in the stories that I've told. It's the, it's the full Kwanzaa laid out she is an exemplar of this, demonstrating it with her life. But I wanted you to hear about also Thomas Garrett so that you could see that she was supported by folks. I, also, what I have learned is she surrounded herself more and more as I read about some of the personal contacts. She is clearly surrounding herself in her self-determination with folks who are on the same page. I want you to hear me. I know we're sheltered in place and we're often hungering to be with. This might just be the time to be self-determinative, 
to make some decisions about how you will be not just now and as you step into the newness of life in whatever is next. So I am, I'm really celebrating Kwanzaa this season as the stepping stones, what will launch 2021, and if we choose, be our guidance every day in every way for adventure in faith in 2021. This notion of a new normal could take on a whole new idea, purpose, and intention with us laying it out from a point, an awareness, and an intention of self-determination. You know, this is our last Sunday of 2020. I can hear some of y'all saying, praise God. <laughs> just, just grateful for this year, ready to tie a bow on this bad boy. But I want to make sure that we consider squeezing all the juice out of it. Don't just kick it out. Try to get rid of it as fast as you can. Squeeze the juice out of it. What did you come to teach me? What did you bring me? What's the blessing here? Discern it. Live from it. This being the final Sunday of this year, I'm just going to ask you, because it makes a difference for some. For some, their giving is also a tax deduction. I know that's not true for everybody, and I'm not, I'm not meddling in the way you handle your bookkeeping. But I just want to remind you, if you are going to look at that, if you're wanting to get a sense of, oh, have I given all I intended to give for this year, that this would be your, this would be your opportunity for your year-end giving just to, to bring that number into alignment or just to open your heart or whatever it is for any of you. I just remind you of that. And I'm grateful that when Mary Morrissey sent her testimony and acknowledgement of heart and soul for our 11th anniversary in November, and although we're still celebrating, y'all know, um, that she also gave this message that I want you to hear again. In today's world especially, it's not easy to keep a center going. You know, often as a participant or a congregant or someone who's part of the community, we're not really thinking maybe about the electric bill and about all the many things it takes to keep a community together and growing. And so I invite us on this 11th birthday. Some of you know that I am the founder of the Prosperity Plus programs one, two, and three, and I know that your center has offered these programs to you. I'm a deep believer in tithing. And we all have giving patterns. Many of us give actually only emotionally. We give when we feel like we have a little extra. And then there's another kind of giving that's a regular repeated giving that comes with a percentage to it. And if it's not 10%, it's 5% or it's 6%, but it comes out of a decision to have circulation in your life, planting in a beautiful place like the heart and soul center of light. 
for the growth of a community that you has nurtured you, can nurture you further, and more than that, can spread this wonderful message to a world that is deeply hungering, even if they don't know yet that they're hungering for it. So I invite us on this day to lean in and make a commitment for percentage giving over the next year. And then turn around every three months and take a look at what's happening in your life. Something happens when you're a regular giver. And each month as you're receiving your income, a portion of it goes to support. Uh, it changes the way you feel about yourself. It changes your level of expectation of good in your life. It changes your sense of worthiness and your connection with the very source of your life. Habaragani. Yes, Kuji Chagulia is the response, self-determination. And in that spirit, I invite you to hear this one sentence. We are a loving and compassionate world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. At Heart and Soul Center of Light, that is how we define ourselves, how we name ourselves, how we speak for ourselves and create for ourselves everything that is experienced here at this Center of Light. We invite you to join us and support us with your financial gifts. And at Heart and Soul Center of Light, there are many ways in which you can graciously give. You can send a check to our new secure mailing address, which is 5627 Telegraph Avenue, number 405, Oakland, California, 94609. You can also give online at our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash give. And while you're there, you can even set up your giving to be a recurring gift or just a one-time gift. Either way, you can also text the word give to 510-558-49. However you choose to give is absolutely perfect. And we appreciate all your giving. And it is important that we maintain the proper consciousness to bless our good, thereby establishing the good that our gift will do in the world. Wherever you happen to be in the world in this moment, I invite you to take your gift in hand or otherwise, just place your hand over your heart, knowing that the greatest gift you can ever give is that spirit of life beating right under your hand. And let us bless our good together by saying, I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me, through my church, and throughout the world, because I know God as source, and so it is. And with that, I invite now our guide, our teacher, our minister, Reverend Andriette Earl. Thank you, Reverend Love. I was... Uh kind of caught up in that little, that little list right there. <laughs> just thank you so very much for the acknowledgement. And I want to just give thanks. Y'all know that on Sundays, I don't get to see you. I mean, I know, obviously, you see me. I am looking at the camera. So, but I don't get to see you. It's not set up in that way. And so I miss you. 
And um, I appreciate, and I always ask the folks who, and let me just acknowledge our Octopi team, led by um, David and Nancy, and just a team that greets you and makes sure that you have the information that sometimes you'll, you, I'm told that you'll ask, what was that that she said? What was that quote? And they give you the quote and make sure that you know who sang the song and who wrote it and all of that. And I'm just so grateful for all that they do. It reminds me of how you get greeted at heart and soul when we're in the building. So now they're greeting you virtually and I love that and I appreciate it so very much. Um, and the folks in the room who ensure that the broadcast happens, that the announcements are, are given. And, um, and in fact, I think I'm going to pause for a moment and allow you to be reminded. Uh, I'm gonna ask Ron Marshall if he won't do the ways that you can participate and support us because it's essential that that happen. It really is. In fact, um, I know he's gonna tell you, a, well, I'll, well, thank you for those of you who have been certainly giving. Let me just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And those of you who've gone into our Amazon wish list and, and have uh, fulfilled that for us, I just need you to know that I've just been looking at some things and knowing that I'm going to be posting a couple of other things because we need them. And so I'm going to ask you if you, if you can, if you will. So Ron, please. Now, thank you, Rev. And thank you for, as always, a, a deep dive uh, into today's principle of self-determination. So again, please uh, join us uh, tomorrow for our final uh, Year of Miracles review. Um, it's Monday, uh, 6.30 p.m. to 7.15 p.m. And we will be reconvening uh, uh, this, this, excuse me, this community practice next year. Look for details on that. Uh, there's no imagining justice this Wednesday, uh, December 30th. IJ will reconvene on Wednesday, January 6th. Our thanks and gratitude again for uh, supporting us in buying out uh, the Boss uh, Toy Drive. There are still opportunities to give. Uh, please check the slide uh, and the recap for the items that are still available and how best to uh, provide those. And today is the last day to register for our first virtual New Year's celebration this, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Uh, on Thursday, December 31st at 10 p.m. And you can RSVP at www.heartsoulcenter.org slash NYE2020. Time to release 2020 and welcome 2021. Uh, again, reminder that our sister Tammy Hall uh, is engaging us on Thursday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. via Facebook Live. And reminder to also please tip our sister generously. Please make sure to check out the Pop Series finale. Uh, what is your my intention for 2021? And as Rev said earlier, we are continuing to celebrate our 11th anniversary. So uh, join us uh, by donating $11, $111. $1,111, uh, $11,111. Any gift that you give is greatly appreciated. So please uh, make a, a daily, weekly, or monthly contribution to support our efforts to con continued efforts to be a world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. And please do check out our Amazon wish list. As Rev mentioned, there are going to be some new items. And as always, gift cards are a way to go if they're not if you're not called to anything that you see on the list. Uh, please help us to continue supporting Marcus Books uh, in being 
the oldest independent black-owned bookstore in, our, in the country. Their 60th anniversary fundraiser is still going on, so please support that. And also, we invite you to support Kingston 11. Pick up some seriously delicious Jamaican cuisine for takeout or pickup. Uh, as always, we want to support those who support us. Our team ministry, The Pulse, uh, will be meeting via Zoom at 11.30 this, uh, this Sunday and every Sunday. Uh, and if you want your team to join our online team ministry, please email The Pulse at heartsoulcenter.org. Our Youth and Family Village uh, is also back with fun and meaningful videos. This month, the focus is on gratitude, movement, and breath, how to make spa water, and music from Miss B's. If you have any questions, please email Y fv at heartsoulcenter.org and please do allow us to pray with you and for you after service we have group prayer and we have five rooms that are available for online prayer uh, we have work uh creative self-expression anything related to right action divine guidance health and healing anything related to love relationship peace harmony and joy and a new room uh, for the holidays moving through the holidays with grace joy and connection and here's Reverend Andriette. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that so much. Um, so I was wanting to say to you that because I don't get to see you, it, it really is helpful to me when I know, uh, especially folks, of, those of you who are from outside the greater Bay Area. So let me first acknowledge my local folks, the Berkeley, Oakland, San Francisco, greater Bay Area folks, just thank you. I love that you are here with us. And I just wanna give a shout out to Jackson, Mississippi, from San Jose, Costa Rica, Salvador, Bahia, Brazil, Los Angeles, Clovis, California, Detroit, Michigan, Tucson, Arizona, Front Royal, Virginia, Aurora, Colorado, Haco, Costa Rica, uh, Connecticut, Harlem, New York, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, Hawaii, Las Vegas, Nevada, Watsonville, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Jamaica, and Napa, California. Just thank you for joining with us, for being with us. My prayer is that you have taken something away with you. A, a, that there's something that you're, that you're leaving in your heart and will be working with for the upcoming week and, and beyond. That would be lovely. And I also want to highlight that, um, and Pam, if you'd make sure that the point of power slide is up. Thank you. Um, I want to say just this week's point of power, you know we've been going through um, and choosing um, a vintage point of power to share. So the one that uh, dropped yesterday is the final one for this year. And we're calling it our pop series finale. What I know is I'm encouraging you to continue to look at what your intention is for 2021 and to really own that. I want to acknowledge Kiki for being the originator. She brought the idea to me for us to begin this and was the first videographer and I want to say producer. And then uh, I also want to thank Deb Kay and uh, Nancy Marmalejo 
for their support in just bridging the gap between the actual live streaming and the online presence and just putting it together in a beautiful way. But most of all, kudos and thanksgiving for Revelo. Because every time you saw my face, his was behind the camera and often multiple cameras, which was something to see, to see him set them up and have to run between to ensure that it was all working. So I'm just grateful for all of the times that Revelo and I had together for putting this project together so that it could be broadcast to you. I am grateful for his skills and just the way that he grew everything, the use of green screen and not and different backgrounds. We did some of everything and you probably in watching them saw the way that he just grew his own skills. I am so, so very, very grateful for that. So very grateful. There will be, as Ron said, I just want to reiterate and remind you, there's no imagining justice on this Wednesday. Um, but on Thursday night, we are doing a New Year's Eve. And you must RSVP. That's important. This is not where you can just, you know, at the last minute pop in. Know that we have to prepare always and that means somebody has to be attentive to you getting in, and we want the security of the space as well. Um, so if you're going to be with us, RSVP, get the code, and you'll be set up. I also, this is exciting for me, is that for 2021, we have our daily read, and it is Emmett Fox around the year. So I have, I want to give you just a little little preview. So for January 1st, this is just the beginning of it. This is not the whole thing. He says there exists a mystic power. I want to share it for a number of reasons. One, to give you a little, little tidbit, a little sample of it, but also because it really completes and ties the bow on my talk today, my message for today. There exists a mystic power that is able to transform your life so thoroughly, so radically, so completely. I love an infomercial. <laughs> that when the process is completed, even your own best friends will hardly recognize you. Come on with that, especially emerging out of shelter in place. We could just need whole new names. And in fact, you would scarcely be able to recognize yourself. Now, I know somebody's already in. You have stopped paying attention to me and are buying the book online. And I ain't mad at you about that either. So just be with us next year as we begin our daily read with Emmett Fox daily. And just know that it is going to be a fabulous year uh, for so many reasons. And our daily read is going to support us in all of that. And so but we're not, we're not just abandoning a year of miracles. <laughs> we're not just going to throw that down and run off to get the new book because we still have some stuff to do. Today is day 362 for the 27th of December, and I'm going to begin my closing prayer with what the prayer that Marianne Williamson has written. So just right where we are, come into an awareness that there is one life the divine recognition, one life, one singular life that, it, I can't even say, well, it is singular. 
and yet it is universal and includes absolutely everything and everybody in absolutely every way right where we are the whole perfect and complete nature of the divine the living one the strong one manifesting in each and every one of our lives and our circumstances and so it is in this awareness in claiming this recognition in claiming this unification in claiming this realization that i surrender to the divine who i am what i have and what i do I declare that my life and my talents be used much like Mother Harriet's, much like Thomas Garrett's, much like all of the ancestors that I would name who made a difference, that my talents be used in whatever way serves the highest and best for all concerned. I surrender also my failures and my sense of not having accomplished what I intended, all of my pains that I'm still nurturing. I let all of that go into the divine. I surrender my successes and the hopes that they contain. This is me just letting go and letting God. I declare that the light of the love of the divine shines deep in my heart and covers my very soul, the entirety of my beingness. And then it extends, it, it radiates through me and all that I am and then radiates out into the world and blesses the world in a way that I can see more clearly how we, in our willingness, in our commitment, in our clear intention can call forth a world that works for all. It is because in my heart, my dreams work for all. My highest and best is offered to all. Oh, it is an absolute perfect gratitude that I just release this word into the perfect activity of law that I know it cannot possibly return void, that it must absolutely producing like kind. I know the vibration of this word. And I know that I am turbocharging it with my faith and my belief that this is done and done well in God. So I just let it be. And I seal it for all eternity by simply saying, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. And so to close us out, Kele Nitoto, who is Seku Nitoto's brother, courage. We are
Ha 